Welcome, bienvenue to the Fantasy Tools Podcast. This is a show where fantasy tools discuss fantasy tools. I'm your host, Eric Rentz, and I'm joined by my co-host, Michael Peterson. Our mission is to discuss fantasy baseball and the tools that we're developing to help us manage our teams. Cue that intro music. I would like to ask your opinion on how how expected it should be for us that the Padres would go through this collapse where it looks like they're going to miss oh. the playoffs. After massive offseason spending, we were pretty excited about them going into it. It's not going well. <laughs> Brown is back. And by that, I mean that they are back to their usual antics. Yeah, this this feels like a major Brown is back scenario. And we're not the only people talking about this. I mean, this has been... this. I mean, anytime you're so la- I'm looking at last ten right now. As of this recording, they're two and eight in the last ten. Their playoff odds are just sinking like a stone. It's not helpful, obviously, to be in the same division as the Giants and the Dodgers, but they should still be better than this. I mean, on paper, yeah. they were the strongest of the three teams going into the year. Well, and, and the big part of this, yeah, on paper, and the big part of that was their pitching, their additions to their pitching, mm-hmm. which it's like now they barely can get five guys yeah they can't get five guys to pitch right are they doing bullpen days yeah i mean this is they, it's it is it is not a good look right now i really appreciate the padres because they are the beard for the red sox collapse though at the same time i told you from the start of the year red sox aren't really that good and the fact that they're all of a sudden like they tripped a little bit and then they're falling behind the yankees who are better and the and help got help at the uh, trade mm-hmm. deadline and the Rays who are smarter, you know it's not really that surprising. Yeah, I think I I mean there was pretty low expectations for the Red Sox going into the year. That's the difference. For, I mean, this is why I wanted to bring the Padres up because there were mm-hmm. sky high expectations, expectations for the Padres right. going into the year. This and is a failure of expectations. This is why the French Revolution happened. Is expectations. Well, we said. will not starve and <laughs> king says you will starve what a bar because i want more money okay all right good reductionist history i appreciate that so the but the the red sox low expectations going into this year low Very. expectations i mean they don't they don't have a team filled with stars we've talked about the red sox periodically because we've been impressed that they've managed to put it together and we're pretty sure mm-hmm. that it is mostly their consistency more yep. than anything else yeah. Uh, but the problem for the Red Sox, and this is what I alluded to, is that the, the Yankees are on a hot streak, but the Rays mm-hmm. are managing to keep pace with the Yankees' hot streak, and the Red Sox are just kind of treading water. Yeah. Which, they'll be able to play in the play-in game, right? They should, yeah. If everything ended today, they'd have to yep. stay above the athletics. Let's talk a little football. Tiny bit of EPL. Tiny bit of, of other stuff. Champions League. Champions League. We did. We're feeling pretty good. I mean, another two for three weekend here, and and not really, uh, and not really so bad on the one we lost. West Ham Crystal Palace draw. It's not like West Ham lost, so it's fine. Uh, and then we 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 really we everything we talked about turned out pretty well. Like Tottenham won, Man City won, Man U won. A lot there. I think you yep. might you may have 
I'm not sure if it made it in, but I think you we've warned off Liverpool Chelsea as a draw. I mean, I yep. Good job on good body. job on Norwich for scoring a goal against Leicester. Not sufficient, but you know, nice try. <laughs> and Brentford continues to stay around. The one, yeah, Brentford continues to stay around. The one that bummed me out: Everton beating Brighton. I know that's a bummer. Well, but it does. We have the consolation of Brighton going down. We do, we do. So there is something there, but yeah, little little bit of a bummer. A little bit of Brighton bummer. Brentford next 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 time. So we're gonna Can we'll uh, we'll take the week off and we'll discuss later. But I'm feeling cautiously optimistic about uh, about our understanding of the EPL this year. We'll see how long that lasts because I think that was what happened last year was we we got to the point where we understood what was happening and then all of a sudden there was some international break and then some teams that we thought were gonna continue to be good weren't. International breaks. We're, we'll see. We we got to pay attention to the news though, because it's not clear exactly how many of the Premier teams are going to let their players go on some of the international breaks. Yeah. So I don't think they should. Yeah. That's... Well, if I was a Premier League team, I wouldn't. But you know, the players obviously want to go for their play for some of their yeah. international stuff. Some of them do. As long as they, I mean, I think in a vacuum where they continued to get paid, they would like to. <laughs> but they're not. They're not that dedicated to their. <laughs> to the World Cup teams. Uh, the other thing, so, you know, we're in the, we're in the transfer window, 48 more hours here. Uh, there have been big trades, been big moves. Uh, Ronaldo coming back to Man U. I think there's something there, actually. I think we should actually boost our, our Man U thoughts going ahead. Yeah. And then the other big move in terms of superstars moving around, Messi to PSG. And Kane not moving. And Kane, yeah, what, well, again, 48 hours, but it is a pretty... <laughs> right, right. The what, That it hasn't happened yet doesn't mean that it won't happen. That's right. There, It's not... I mean, I, my understanding, and I don't have quite as intuitive of a sense of this as I do for, say, NBA or MLB trade deadlines, you know, where yeah. it's like, it's going to happen at the end. Like, just wait. Yeah. I don't have a sense of the transfer window, but my understanding is that it's not as quite as late planned. Not going to happen. Like, things are, things are more laid out <laughs> in in football than shocking yes i i agree uh usually you you know well usually the player dictates it in a different way than um in american sports well i mean it's it's just completely different economically of course because you're just paying the club for the privilege to take them right i mean these these massive transfer fees absolutely it's the numbers are astronomical yeah they're they're like mine you know fake numbers they're just mind-boggling we were talking over the weekend about what we should what we should be working on for the last month of the regular season here and we were thinking about pitching as we usually are and what we're going to do over the course of this conversation is develop the discussion points for the model that we want to build trying to figure out how to improve certain categories i know you're targeting era and whip i would like to get a few more counting stats for me so let's talk a little bit about how we're going to optimize this Okay. I gave you some stuff here because mostly I did research to do future research, which was okay. I looked I looked at what was available and I was thinking about what we need to do and you had proposed some relatively complex model ideas. I think you proposed uh what, random forests and agent based modeling. Let's do it. To do this. Let's get in. And there. I want to give us a benchmark <laughs> to beat. 
like okay. for like why do we need a more complex model? I, I'm not saying that I disagree. I think we probably need a fairly complex model, but let's build a benchmark and look at what kind of stats we're working with uh, that we want to try and we basically we want to try and beat linear regression, <laughs> right? Sure. So if I come up with a model based on just simple linear regression, we have to beat that model when we make something 10 times more complex. Yeah, I mean, I guess that's, that's a good way to put it. We, you do need to have, can you just look at it and make an assertion and be correct? Can you put together a simple model, which linear regression is typically the simplest form of a model? Can we beat that? Sure, I'll agree with that. So that's what I'm going for <laughs> right now. Uh, so I'm giving you some some stats here. I actually pulled a bunch of stuff, um, things that I hadn't necessarily looked at before. I was kind of kind of getting back into some of the Statcast data and asking questions about like what should we actually be like, what else can we actually look at? And I've got I have a random, not a not fully random, but a curated sample here. So I picked innings pitched. Uh, strikeout percentage or number of strikeouts, sorry, number of walks, whiff percentage, average fastball speed, and average exit velocity. Let me just give you corner plots here uh, just to look at a bunch of these and just see what okay. we think. Got it. And then I, after staring at these for a while, I just picked one <laughs> that didn't seem to have too clear of a relationship and drew two lines on it and looked at guys that I consider to be outliers on the good side of the outlier. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Well, do we want to talk about this corner plot? I mean, the, wow, the, as one can imagine, these strikeouts as a function of formatted, of innings pitch, pretty much, that's got to have the highest correlation of any of these. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. And it, what the thing that I do actually find interesting, though, about this is, and this is where we're going with this, is that in this cloud, it's very easy to tell where relievers stop. Yeah. You know, there's a there's a huge shelf where the 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 highest relievers have fallen off. Like the highest, re, no higher, no reliever has more than ninety strikeouts right now. Mm-hmm. But and you see that. You see this like cluster, that, and then you see this cluster kind of at the at the intersection of the end of the relief pitchers to the start of the real of the of the starters start of the starters. Yeah, yeah. Yep. There's a big there's a big cluster there. I mean, this is where we're going with this because the overarching question is, how many relievers should I be rostering right now going to the end? Mm-hmm. And I think looking at I looking at most of these you can see some some cloud, some obvious uh, separation between starters and relievers. Yeah. Yeah, you really can. Strikeout to walk is interestingly not as correlated as one would expect. Uh, correlated, but not. But I would guess that once you controlled for innings pitched, that's going to be a total cloud. Right. Yes. Yeah, I agree. I, I, I'm saying that. I, I would think that it would be more... You, you would think that the pitchers who can get strikeouts don't get walks but i don't think that's necessarily true i mean i actually had a bunch of a few other ones on here that i think were interesting like maybe a predictive one is this is whiff percentage versus strikeout because there's a weird bimodality in it Mm -hmm. that i don't that i don't fully understand well is that the is that the relief pitchers um it is but it's but it suggests that the best relief pitchers and i mean maybe we're going to see this when we get to the next plot the best relief pitchers have 
similar to higher whiff rates than the elite starters. Well, or said another way that the yeah that the best starters and the best relief pitchers are are similar. Yes, and that is a that's a key that's a key point. Um, and I will say I did do a little bit of spreadsheet manipulation. Oh yeah, the the player that popped up in the relief pitcher uh, query basically that I put together, Robbie Ray. In the relief pitchers, be, be, no, his the way oh, his statistics come together and look like a yeah. a, a relief pitcher, and because he's I mean the, his strikeout rate is as that's why I love Robbie Ray. He pitches like a relief pitcher with the volume of a starter, which is you know good and bad. <laughs> you have to you have to temper your ERA expectations with that. Well, and win win expectations and sa- sadly wins as well. Yes. Yeah, so I mean, I these this is not an exhaustive look at all the data columns, but it was basically as many as I wanted to look at in a corner plot at once. Sure. So who'd you who'd you pick out? Which which? Yeah. So which uh, function did you pick? So I picked out uh, innings pitched and average exit velocity. So I picked innings pitched because we are having this semi. Uh, the semi disagreement, I think, about exactly how many relievers we should roster. I tend to want to get more innings than than you do, and so picked picked innings pitch as a key here. Well, no, that's we don't ha- we don't have a disagreement. I would like to have Robbie Ray, Max Scherzer, as well as Garrett Cole and Zach Wheeler, and um, I I don't know. You Darvish when he's healthy. I would like to have a really, really good cavalcade of starters. The problem is that's really hard to do in a bad starter. Griffin Jacks over one week did more damage than a Heath Humbry in one bad week. <laughs> that's uh, I uh, yeah. I mean. I could have told you that the Griffin Jacks Cinderella story was coming to a conclusion. Just because you used Griffin Jacks to beat me <laughs> doesn't mean that you should continue on the Griffin Jacks train. Well, I was I, sure that, that that's fine, but that's not it's it's not the player. That's the problem with these starting pitchers when you get down to it. When you get down to the level where yeah, you've got you you can hit in the TGFBI draft, and then in adding a couple of pitchers, you can you can get five or six that are really good, but then you're going to have two or three that are that are garbage. <laughs> and the and the question is, should you should you keep on trying to find the diamonds in the rough or the weak of someone who is good, Griffin Jacks during his Cinderella week, or should you go for something a little bit more stable? And find a relief pitcher who cannot hurt you as much as as one of those of one of those bad starts. Yeah. So I mean, I mean, you, there are a lot of bad starts this year, Mike. Wow. There have been a lot of really, really bad starts uh, from uh, pitchers who are in the in TGFBI owned in like eighty percent down to forty percent. Dude, you don't have to tell me as a Blake Snell owner, but let's just say. So, I mean, we we you talked a little bit about a head to head matchup with Griffin Jacks, but. There's uh there's nine slots in TGFBI for pitchers. And the, yes. the the real question is 
how many of those slots should be starters, how many should be relievers in terms of what's actively available in TGFBI, a 15-team league. Yeah. And your assertion is it should be like, it should be the 7-2? I, my ideal is 7-2, but I don't actually think you can reach seven starters that are rosterable. And they're like, in, just in terms of the draft. And therefore, I want to go to 6-3, but I've been pressed into 5-4 repeatedly this year. But 5-4 is bad because you don't get enough innings. So you're, you're hurting yourself on strikeouts unless you have something amazing. I, even, I have Robbie Ray, and I've been pressed into 5-4, and it's been a problem. Right, 5-4, you need to, those five need to be elite in strikeouts, yeah. and those four need to be elite in strikeouts. Yeah. Yeah, you cannot have you cannot have a weak link. Yeah. So I, I'm running six three right now and that's But I think but my yeah. my assertion would be that I think that, that one that starting pitcher, I would rather go five four, own up to you're gonna do five four, and make sure that you're crystallizing those five into into real innings eaters who get K's and make sure that that four is going to get you enough Ks that you're not losing out. Because I think that there's, you know, if you're losing out on Ks, you could be gaining in two other categories enough that it, it makes sense. Well, that's that's the... If you're not losing out on wins enough. Well, maybe three, Ks right? and wins versus ERA and whip. Plus saves. I mean, that's the other thing you were, that's the other thing you were saying. Is like, can, can you find guys to help your ERA and whip that give you a shot at saves. And that's like why we pick up Giovanni Gallegos, right? Yeah. That's like why we've talked about him repeatedly. That's why we've talked about, I mean, obviously it's a different scenario with the White Sox now, but like Kopech seemed like <laughs> prior to picking up Kimbrel, oh, maybe Kopech's right. going to pick up a save here and there. Every once in a while. Devin Williams. Exactly. He's a handcuff, but he also gets a lot of Ks. Exactly. Keep it up. So there's a lot of, I, I gave you this long list and it was based, it would basically be pick from this list and see who's available. These are guys that have a similar profile in the exit velocity innings pitched uh, relationship regression that look like outliers. Love that Ottavino pick. I mean, I don't understand why Ottavino isn't the closer over Barnes. Just as he, well, he should have been. Well, he should have been. And then now that Barnes is a terrible, he should definitely be. So, I mean, you know, my opinion is like, well, if Adovino is available, you should go get him. I mean, this is just a this is just a big list. If these guys are available, I would go get them. Go get somebody on this list. Um, Cal Quantrill was one that you highlighted, I think. Yeah. Jonathan Loisiga, we've talked about him repeatedly. It's nice to see him show up on this list again. I uh, probably can't get him. <laughs> Ryan Yarbrough. Ryan Yarbrough yeah. is one that I always like. But I think I'm pretty sure that... In your average TGFBI league, two to three of these guys are going to be available. We want a model that identifies guys that look the same in some higher dimensional space. And I'm saying, what if we only pick a two-dimensional space? (laughs) Do we have all of the information that we need? And this isn't even optimized. This is just like a two-dimensional space that I think has some theoretical backing. You pick this two-dimensional space. Can can, can Can we get this model to run... Do you have you put this into a, a set where this model could run on a weekly basis through the end of the year? This model, yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. I I mean, so the trick is when you're going to. I guess this was a little bit of a philosophical discussion in the sense that 
I've become slightly more resistant to machine learning because I don't always understand the outputs that we're getting out of it. Mm-hmm. And so this is like, oh, oh totally. This agree. is my vision for I. I walked you through my theory of like, well, I want a bunch of innings pitched, but I want some weak contact because I think that correlates with the array and whip. And the question is, can a computer find a relationship that is much better than that that I that I'm overlooking with my human brain? Or, but even I think even at a at the base level, you're saying, do we need to have more vectors of data to get a better result? Yeah, exactly. You've sort of done your PCA here, and you've said this is the first eigenvector, and we only need the first eigenvector. We don't even need two eigenvectors. <laughs> right. That it's essentially what I did. I mean, it's hard to think in more than two dimensions as a human. I think that about brings us to the review session. Kettle Marte. Kettle Marte. Uh, I've always liked Kettle Marte. I have as okay. well. All right. Now that we've got that out of the way, uh, he's only played in 62 games this year, which we will talk about. Uh, 253 played appearances, 35 runs, 8 home runs, 34 RBIs, 1 stolen base, but 346 average. Yeah. There's only one good number in that, <laughs> the 346 average. Yeah. Well, yeah, but. Well, per game basis it's not bad um not not terrible not terrible i mean you don't you don't get to quite triple those numbers so he doesn't hit a hundred in either runs or rbis no scaled up and i would like more stolen bases (laughs) and there's like more stolen bases out of there's basically no power there i mean that 2019 season looks like an outlier you know he's sort of a i I think of him as a guy who's very good when he's in rhythm. Mm-hmm. We were talking about this. We talked about this with someone. And he gets hurt enough that he's always out of rhythm. Yep. Yep. I mean, he's kind of a... I think of him as like a quintessential team player, which is not good from a fantasy perspective. Fantasy perspective, yeah. So I I think he I think he's a really good baseball player. I mean, just and my evidence for that would be, look how many doubles he hits. <laughs> like, he cranks doubles. But... This one yeah. that doesn't that doesn't help you unless you're in a fantasy league that's counting doubles. <laughs> yeah, true. Yeah, I mean, double sitters we are always pretty good. I do. I mean, I like watching him at the plate. He he has like a good approach, kind of very classic. No, approach. I I think he, he has like it. He could <laughs> hit the ball far. <laughs> I can't believe like well. his his picture on the savant page is like <laughs> his like batting picture is like come oh, on yeah come on like pick pick yeah. a better one than that. Yeah, uh, poor guy. I like the converse for him of the what we were just talking about for pitchers. He's got a really high max exit velocity. He does. Um, when he hits it, he hits it hard. Um, why are we not seeing that many percentiles for him? Because he's barely qualified right now. I mean, I, I don't actually think he would qualify for. I don't actually think he would qualify for a batting title. No, no. I mean, he's, yeah, he'd have to. As I mentioned, he's only played in first. he's only played in sixty two games right now um, because he was down for a month, little over a month with a left hamstring strain. Every year, well, this year was left hamstring. Last year was right hamstring. Oh, so yeah. you know Every he's year. just he's As just going around. He's just going around. Oh, I remember. I'm look. I'm looking at his, <laughs> looking at this and remembering all these things. He had he had mono a few years ago. <laughs> I mean. <laughs> The guy's just got some funny, there's some, 
Are you looking at the transactions? I am looking at the transactions. These are just... But look at how 2019 is not featured. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, uh... And even still, he got to 144. That's lower than you want. He didn't... For his best season, he still had to miss a bunch of games. He plays hard when he plays. I mean, that's that's what's good. He does. He's so, but he he's twenty seven. So you don't figure this is mm-hmm. going to get better. No, like this isn't. Well, unless he moves to like they're so they're playing him in center these days. Mm-hmm. He's not going to get appreciably better unless he changes leagues and goes to a team where he can. Unless he changes to the AL and is able to play more um, at uh, DH. Yeah. But as we're looking at this, it's not like he's clearly a guy that you want to have as a DH because he's not. He does. He's not. He's not a DH profile at all. I mean, he's no. he's very he's very. You want him top of the lineup. I mean, we keep talking about switch hitters. <laughs> you got to be so annoyed at this point. I mean, well, the shortstops that aren't aren't quite good enough but are still playing. Yeah. Also, he's not a shortstop anymore. He's going to lose that eligibility at shortstop. And second, depending on how your league plays. I mean, but he's right. I guess more importantly, more philosophically, he's not a shortstop <laughs> anymore. And and that's probably good, maybe good injury for wise. keeping him off the injury list. I mean, it's they're not they're not seeing him as a shortstop. We shouldn't see him as a shortstop, even though I always liked him as a shortstop. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, we're out. I, I mean, ah. Uh, I sometimes I mentally think of him and Jose Altuve as very similar. I think they mm-hmm. I think they they approach the plate in a similar way. I think uh what what would he need to do to be more Jose Altuve, you know, take advantage of that. I don't know, lose 4 inches and then get get more walks. <laughs> so walks that, that set him apart from someone like Jose Altuve. The batting average is similar, but he has such low such a low walk percentage. That's a good point. That's a good point. But so if he could really shore that up, he would be a guy that we might be more interested in. Yeah, I mean, he hit 330 in 2019, basically 329, and he wasn't above a 400 OBP. That's that's pretty funny. He's not above a 400 OBP this year, and he's hitting 346. He's very close. He's close. Yeah. Yeah, rounding, rounding, but got to get on base and he's got to steal some bases. I mean that's that's the other pieces. He doesn't he doesn't light it up on the base paths. No. I I want him to be better. I've actually I will say that that's basically always been my view of looking at him. Like he's kind of he's kind of been on the ownable edge and I've always been like, yeah. "Oh yeah. Kettle Marte. Should uh I should get him. He's going to be good." And then he's But t- but finally you decide, "Okay, I'm going in." Boom. He's Yeah. Yeah, and he's just not as good as you want him to be. That's okay. It's too bad. Yeah, where's he batting right now? Uh, I don't know actually. Good question. He is second. Man, he's got to do better than that if he's gonna bat second. Yeah, he's. I mean, he's given the keys. He was given the keys in Arizona. He's got to do better than that. I don't know. I don't know if he can. I. I, I do think that he he's got to be. <sighs> We're acting like his career is over. He's 27. I mean, there's a there's a good chance that he's going to be able to scrape the top top 60 player in the next four years. 
I I am not sure that I agree with that. I think 2019 is going to be his career best year. Are we doing board bet for Kettle Marte's career? Bet. <laughs> bet box for his career that he will one year be top 60. So where do you where do you place him next year? Uh, where, where is he going to get drafted? Is he going to get drafted this low? Uh, I think he has to because he's not going to clear. He'll he'll maybe clear half a season and. Yeah. There's not a lot to suggest that he will play every day, and especially and so like in a TGFBI like thing, you gotta you gotta have guys play every day. Even mm-hmm. 144 games is missing 10 percent of the season. Yeah, <laughs> like you can't. Right, that's that was what I was pointing out. I mean, like even when 144 is like your your best season, that's that's rough. Well, I guess he played 153 the year before, but he was nothing to nothing to write home about. I yeah, I mean, I just think that. I just think that the consistency is so key and he's he's kind of he's unpredictable in playing time which yeah. is disappointing cuz I like him. I like him too. Yeah. When he's playing well, I mean I want him on my team. So but, I would um, I would say if I were to throw a number, I don't think he'll be drafted. I think he'll be drafted like 150. Yeah. I think you're probably right. Some of it depends on if Arizona does anything interesting. I mean Arizona's not going the right way as a team. So there's no reason. I mean, the one thing that I just noticed looking at where he's batting in the lineup is like, sweet, he's getting batted in by Estrubel Cabrera, Carson Kelly, and David Peralta. <laughs> it doesn't doesn't. It's not helping him. No. No. Like the fearsome hitters. I mean, it's just not that much there. All right, who are we doing next week? I think we're actually going to do a shortstop next week, right? Yay! All right, Jazz Chisholm. Time for a little housekeeping. Be sure to subscribe to us on iTunes and follow us on Twitter, Fantasy Tools, Mind the Z. Thank you, Mild Manor, for letting us use your tunes. Be sure to follow them on SoundCloud and Facebook. Feel free to email us with questions or comments. Send us messages at fantasy.tools at gmail.com. Again, Mind the Z. All I've got left is, we're select to you, buddy. We're select to you, too. Yeah.